Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If... I'm on set and a girl was to say, oh, fuck me with your BBC or your big black top. I'm not offended because I really am fucking her with my big black top. <laughs> okay. Hi guys, I'm Bella Benson. Welcome to another episode of Too Tired to Be Crazy on every Thursday. Today, my special guest is Prusher, also known as Prusher the Entertainer. He's a Taurus and he began his career in the adult industry in 2018. Is that true? That is absolutely true. Oh my God. How you know that? Google. <laughs> I mean, you started this pretty recently. What were you doing before you started, uh, before you were in the adult industry? Prior to me being in the adult industry and the pornographic market, I was a male exotic entertainer, basically a stripper. Girls refer to it as feature dancing, basically meaning that promoters would find me on social media, um, contact me, and then fly me to whatever city that I was. Uh, they needed me to perform in. Prior to that, I was a professional bodybuilder. I was humongous. I was like 40 pounds bigger than I am now. And prior to that, I spent um, four years in prison. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a completely different life now. Where were you in prison? Oh, you didn't find that on Google? No. Oh, look at the face. Um, prison for uh, armed robbery. Got it. So then you decided to kind of change your life up and start making a, a living and all that. Yeah, because... I was in prison. I got a really good chance to, um, you know, assess myself amongst a lot of other men. And I noticed like a significant difference in the way that I think and just me as an overall individual, which kind of let me know one of us was in the wrong spot. Those guys seem to be perfectly cool with the prison spot. Let me figure something else out. So I thought to myself, well, I have tattoos. I have violent felonies. I doubt I'm going to be a surgeon when I get out. Um, you know, what am I going to do? And the funniest thing is I saw an episode of um, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And they had the rapper, The Game, on there. And he was like their personal trainer. And I was like, they let The Game train people? Oh, if they let The Game train people, when I get out, I'm going to be a fucking trainer. The game was a trainer before he was a rapper he or he was also a rapper and a trainer. I think they, I don't even know if he was really a trainer trainer. I think that he was a rapper and it's just something they did, you know, because of his celebrity. But it did give me the idea. And I found a, a school and a magazine that would allow me to do most of the testing while I was still in prison. And I thought because I knew how to work out that it would just be a breeze 
But when the textbooks came in and, you know, it had anatomy and kinesiology, I'm like, oh, shit, they really want me to know this stuff. And then when I got when I came home from prison, I thought I would just easily transition into being a trainer. But um, a lot of the gyms didn't really uh, consider that certification credible. And once I let them know that I had been in prison legally, you know, they couldn't say, well, you can't have the job now. But I couldn't notice a different vibe in the room. Mm. So it took me a little while to kind of start getting it figured out. But it is what it is. Do you feel like then you kind of had less options because you you came out of prison? Like the adult industry, you were kind of, quote unquote, forced to get into it? Or you just felt like it, it was something you wanted to do? Or you just felt like you didn't really have an option? I don't like for people that are in my industry that come from good upbringings with no criminal history to say that they had to do this because I'm like, you know, there's a billion different things you could have done. Now with my situation, when we having tattoos and felonies, this isn't the only thing I could have done, but I did based on my own decisions, limit some of the options that I had. So when I found, you know, stripping, I kind of started to gain some publicity and a little bit of money, but I was still really struggling financially. And when I found porn, you know, I kind of started to see myself ending up in a better financial position. And it was something that was legal. You know, I wasn't having to break the law. Um, so I was cool with it. How did you come up with the name Pressure the Entertainer? So I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. And when I decided I was going to be a stripper, they don't have clubs in the city that I'm from where men can go and dance for women. You have to get on like a call site, basically. And if you're a woman in Raleigh and you're throwing like a bachelorette party or a birthday party, then you look on this website and you see the guy you want and you call the lady that runs the site. So when I applied on the site, I didn't have a name at all. When she posts me on the website, my photos generated more traffic, like really quick than she'd ever seen. And so she calls me and she says, what do you think about the name Pressure? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. Let me think about it. So then I Googled like Pressure the Stripper and nothing came. Because at the time, porn wasn't on my mind. I was just going to be a stripper. And once I couldn't find a stripper named Pressure, I said, all right, you know, I'll try the name. And when I thought of Apply Pressure, I said, okay, cool. I'll be able to tag that to this name. Let's give it a shot. Once I, like, you know, started doing strip shows, I attached the entertainer on the back of it. But now, I really just prefer to be called Pressure. But because I started with Pressure the Entertainer, a lot of times when people find me, they still find Pressure the Entertainer. No, that's, that's how I was actually able to Google, like, a little bit of information about you by doing Pressure the Entertainer. Okay, so in your Instagram bio, which, by the way, you... I think it's like your fourth Instagram now because Instagram is constantly deleting it. But in your, in, in your Instagram bio, it says that you have award-winning stroke. So when did you realize this was a gift of yours? <laughs> really, I feel like when I first started porn, I knew that I would do well only because of my aesthetics, really. My first like contract was with a company called Bang Bros. Shout out to Bang Bros for the opportunity. And I just feel like, I wish I could get so many of those scenes back because I was still in the learning process, trying to keep my dick hard and trying to bust the nut. And then it wasn't towards like the end of like my contract with them. I started to realize 
you know, the cameras on you as well as the girl, you have to perform. And once I started to do that, there was a significant difference in my overall performance. Mm -hmm. So probably I'll say about seven or eight months into my porn career, I really started to bring in a lot of the things from my time as a stripper when it wasn't real. It was just pretend and then doing it in for real. How were you introduced into the adult film industry from from doing stripping then to moving into porn? My brother called me one day and he goes, bro, I think we should make a Pornhub channel. I researched and one of the most looked up things is dudes jacking off. All you got to do is jack off, record it, and Pornhub is going to pay you. You know, and on one side of my brain, I'm thinking, my brother's like a hermit. You know, he's not really into talking to people and being seen in the public. So for him to say he wants to get butt naked on the Internet, he must know something. And then on the other side, I'm thinking, well, I was going to jack the beanstalk anyway. So I might as well record it and make a couple coins. So when I put this video on Pornhub, I had a manager named Tip and she called me um, and she says, you know, oh, do you think you would really do porn? And the answer was hell no. But I'm from North Carolina. She's from North Carolina. No one in North Carolina knows about how to get into porn. So she'll never be able to call my bluff. So I told her, um, yeah, I, I would definitely do it, but I was lying. And so then she calls me and she tells me to send some photos to her naked. But I'm thinking that she's just trying to get me a gig as a stripper. And then she says, Assassin and Prince are going to call you on three-way. Assassin owns this club in D.C. And I used to drive there with my boy CEO like five hours. And I would get like $100 um, pay spot sometimes, or sometimes they wouldn't pay me at all. I would just make whatever money I made off of the ground, which would usually be a couple hundred dollars. And I would have to either pay for a hotel room out of that couple hundred dollars or drive back to North Carolina right after the show, maybe sleep in the car for a couple hours. And the owner of that club has been best friends with this guy named Prince for like 10 years. And Prince is like, what Americans consider Michael Jordan to basketball. So that's what he is to porn. And they called me on three-way and Prince is basically telling me, you know, he likes my look. He's only on the phone with me because of Assassin. He wants me to come to LA and audition. A couple months passed, I went to LA, did the audition. Prince put me down to his agency, which is Silverback World Agency. And he's been guiding me in porn and like really in life ever since. So super shout out to Prince Yashua. That's my mentor, the guy that brought me into porn. Yeah, and I'd do anything in the world for him. He changed my life overnight. Wow, that's amazing. Um, did your brother also get into it? No. Oh. No. He backed out after like a month or so, I think. What is it like to be a man in the adult film industry, let alone a black man in the adult film industry? Interracial porn is very popular. Um, so I used to get a lot of messages from women that would, you know, say to me, oh, I see you posting all of these pictures with these white girls. So obviously you don't like black women. So there's the stigma that black men in porn prefer white women. There is the outside looking in stigma that as a man in porn, you're getting the best blowjobs in the world. You're getting the best pussy in the world because these are professionals we're talking about here. These are porn stars we're talking about here. So to debunk the first myth, I absolutely love all beautiful women. What happens is when you look at professional pornography, 
the two individuals aren't calling companies saying, line me up with these people. The companies are reaching out to the woman's agent and saying, is she available for this date? And then doing the same thing to the man's agent. And because uh, interracial porn is a top seller, companies, you know, follow the financial path. So they book interracial a lot. So it's not my choice really on who I shoot with. I could say, no, I don't want to shoot with her, but I don't call companies and say, hey, can I shoot with her? Right. To debunk the second myth, some of the worst head I've had in the world, some of the worst blowjobs I've had in my life have been on these porn sets. Some of the worst sexual effort I've seen from women have been on some of these porn sets. So not everyone that gets on camera for a mainstream porn company um, has a high sexual skill level, I feel. It's just everyone either A, has a look at a cell, or B, um, at a bare minimalistic level, is 18 and assign a consent form saying they don't care what happens to these videos, basically. Got it. So it doesn't bother you if, like, you know how, like, there's there's that one website? What is it? Blacked? It's, not, yes. it's like, it's like the fe- there's like those websites where it's like more like fetish, but it doesn't bother you because it's like you're just doing work. So it doesn't bother you if you're like being put in like those fetishes where it is like the black guy with the bl- white woman, but it's like a fetish type of porn. So I shoot for Vixen Media uh, quite frequently. It doesn't bother me because at the end of the day, I consider myself an actor. You know, people often forget that we make movies because I'm putting my real dick in a real pussy or a real ass or a real vagina. But I don't take what happens as long as it's cohesive with the norm of mainstream pornography production personal. If I'm on set and a girl was to say, oh, fuck me with your BBC or your big black cop, I'm not offended because... I really am fucking her with my big black cop. Okay. It was just the goal and, you know, just say things that don't fit that category in a disrespectful manner. Then we'd be having a different conversation. Okay, I get it. It's like you you said you're an actor, you're acting, you guys are doing what you need to do for the film that you're filming. So it makes sense. Like you're doing whatever you need to do for that specific film. So you're saying when you do that stuff, you kind of separate your your mindset? You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, it's- Completely two different people from the name that my mother gave me into the internet personality that people see and they know it's pressure. Got it. Do you consider then sex fun at this point or is it kind of like really focused It just work? How do you separate it from your personal life? So I don't really have a personal sex life. I hear that a lot, actually, with people in adult entertainment industry. And so it's more from a lot of the women in the adult entertainment industry. The men feel like I'm trying to get them to follow what I got going on over here Um, because it's at this point, like my agent says, I make good money to take my drawers off. If we're talking about a sexual energy exchange, there's definitely going to be some type of compensation um, exchange as well. I love that. I think it's because you're a Taurus. That's a fat big Taurus. Like, I agree with that. When you have sex with somebody, you exchange like the vibes and all that. And it really is important. So then... How do you deal with taking on other people's energies, constant energies when you're working and you're sleeping with them? So I have a routine. When I know I have to shoot professionally, I'll get up in the morning. I listen to the same exact songs. Um, when I'm on the way to work, I listen to the same exact songs. And once I get into the set and I introduce, introduce myself to everyone, 
hug everyone, mm. give a kiss, I'm going in the room. And I again, I play the same exact songs because what I'm doing is I'm turning on this guy named Pressure, right? I'm putting him on. It's, to me, so deep to where I never receive people's sexual energy because I never touched them. Pressure receives that sexual energy. And when, I, when I'm done being him, I put him where he needs to be until it's time for me to be him again. I love that. I think a lot of entertainers, whether they're in adult industry or like other industries, they do do that. Like even me, my my whole persona on the Internet is daddy issues. And for the longest time, at first, I used to act like my character on the Internet was daddy issues. And sometimes I would say like the most fucked up things to guys because I thought it was funny until I had to be like, oh, wait, I'm, it's the character. So I had to start figuring out how to completely separate my character online and how to treat people in the in real life for like how to just be two different people i feel like a lot of people don't understand that part where when you are an entertainer in any type of industry you really do have to work on separating yourself from your character so you don't go crazy and i feel like that's one of the biggest burdens of consistently high level entertainers because there's a difference from the people that fall under the entertainment bracket versus the the tops right so if you consider a top entertainer, um, I use the example of Denzel Washington a lot, right? Denzel Washington, to me, is the GOAT when it comes to acting. He now probably does a movie maybe once a year or once every other year. And it's not because no one wants to film Denzel Washington. It's because it's fucking exhausting to play a role every single day. Right. When you're an entertainer, you have to play that role so much more and so so longer than most people because most people that work traditional jobs have to be their traditional job while they're there and then until they leave but i feel like i have to be pressure at the gas station in the mall at the grocery store in the airport anywhere where i'm in public eye you see what i mean yeah yeah so then do you feel like that affects your dating because i know from even playing daddy issues affects my dating where I don't feel like putting on an act or I'm like, I don't want someone to judge me because I'm daddy issues. I don't want to deal with explaining myself sometimes. I think what affects my dating the most is my dating. When I think about, you know, the potential between me and another woman is I don't think, oh, I'm a porn star. I think, oh, this happened in another relationship or, you know, I didn't make these decisions. So it's more my past relationships don't really make me kind of want to do the dating thing so much than it is what I do for a living. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. 
comfortable. Ah. Do you feel like having do having sex at work affects your intimacy or you're saying no because you're completely separated so there's no issues with the intimacy in your real life? I'm not going to say that I've never had off-camera sex since I've been single in porn because I have, but more often than not, either A, I'm on a porn professional set, B, I'm on an amateur set, or C, on another form of work. Yeah. Uh, actually. So I don't ever really have time or like, you know, my dick is tired. My dick is sore. Sometimes I'm in the mall and my dick hurts, especially because prior to the pandemic, I was shooting like 15 to 17 mainstream shoots a month. What's the most sex you've had in a day? Probably like seven or eight times. What is up with every porn ending with a guy ejaculating in the woman's face? Why? Facials are very popular in porn, but they do have also cream pies. Okay. I think that a lot of girls in porn are what society deems pretty, right? Okay. It's like gives the consumer, which is usually a man, the image that they're there with this girl one last time at the climat at the climatic moment. You see what I'm saying? Right. Because if they was doing a cream pie, for instance, which they do do, um, all of the consumer would see at the climatic moment would be dick, pussy, and nut. And it's even like when I'm on set, if the girl is riding my dick and the camera is this way, they edit the director's voice out. But the director may tell me to like turn or tell her to turn her head because as much as they can, they try to keep the girls facing it. Sometimes they even stop the cameras and, like, touch her makeup up. Oh, wow. <laughs> Over there jacking my dick, trying to keep my dick hard while they fix the makeup. Okay, got it. So then when they ejaculate in the girl's face, it's like the guy can imagine as if he just did that. And it's, like, about her face, the pretty face, but I guess he wants to ruin her face. When I watch porn, I don't even really get to the end. But then sometimes it's, like, if I accidentally gets to the end, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to see that. I accidentally get to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Ask you a question. In your personal life, where do you prefer the ejaculation to go? Never on my face. Not my thing. I've never done it. Not there was anything wrong with girls getting on their face. For me, I don't know if it's like my weird like daddy issues being a little extra feminist in the way that I feel like it's degrading for me as a person because I have an issue with it. It's not degrading. A lot of my friends do it. So I like it either inside of me because I feel closer to my partner or I like it like or I just don't give a shit, like on my stomach, on my back, on my ass, what? Oh, my tits. I don't care. But not- so had to choose Twinkies or Toaster Strudels. <laughs> I would prefer Twinkie. Inside you. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Plus I'm on birth control, so it's fine. Condoms or no condoms? No condoms. Anal or regular? Regular. Favorite position? Doggy. Okay, favorite porn video? That I've made or that I've seen? Mm, facts. Let's do one that you've made so people can look it up. Just because this is a good scene to watch, um, I'll say me and uh, Natalia Queen. Okay, so look it up, you guys. Facts. Um, favorite thing I've seen, anything with Prince Joshua, y'all make sure y'all check them out. Toys or no toys? Toys. Same. Kinky is fetish. I've really, like, gotten into, like, the whole feet vibe. And not just the feet vibe of, like, I really kind of been sucking toes and all of that. 
But like me putting my foot in a girl's mouth, like all over her face. Yeah, that type of time. Okay. I just need to know. You don't have to answer it. So what would you, how big is, how big is your penis? (laughs) That? Your leg? (laughs) I mean, I guess I can just see. I mean, I've seen, but okay, cool. So can you give tips to women on giving the best blowjob? Oh, I try not to always answer from a personal preference standpoint, but I feel like overall, the sloppier, the better. Now, there will be some men that are not into the sloppy. So as I said earlier, Remember the communication, right? Keep your mouth open. Oh, my God. Keep your mouth open. And don't forget that deep throat does not equate always to good head. Because I tell girls, if you don't specialize in getting a lot of dick down your throat, do what you can do nasty as hell at the top of the dick. Because it's going to be uncomfortable for you trying to get all that dick in your throat. And for me. Right. Yeah, so the, the, the no-goes is when you start closing your mouth, your teeth start getting involved. No. Mm. Open your mouth. Um, and if you're struggling, I'm going to give you all an alley-oop real quick. If you're struggling with the sloppy head, put more dick in your throat. And that having that dick in your throat is going to cause your mouth to just start to get wet. Oh, okay. I didn't know uh, that. Okay. But if you're a person that's like, once you start gagging a little bit, it's going to like cause you to kind of fall back. Right. That that tip isn't for you. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Got it. Got it. What's the craziest scene you've ever done? Uh, There's a video um, with me and Luna Star and I'm fucking her from the back. And then probably for, I want to say about 25 to 30 seconds, I I held her because we're in the pool. Um, I held a head underwater. So that got a lot of traction on Twitter. Then there's another video of uh, me and Carmela Clutch where I'm walking her on a leash through Fremont Street in um, Las Vegas. It was so dope because she was so like with it to the point where I would leave the leash. You know, a whole bunch of people are watch- watching us. I might walk 20 steps away, turn my back to her talk to somebody and while I'm talking to him, I would smack my leg and she'd come crawling full speed across the concrete right to me. So by the time I'm turning around with the leash, she's right here waiting like this and I plan for it. Okay, that's fun. Okay, so in some scenes in your um, stuff, I, I noticed they do acrobatic moves. So did you learn those on the job or were you just performing them personally and then you're like, oh, this would be dope for the next scene I do? So shout out to my boy, Mr. CEO, um, because when we were stripping together, like he showed me a lot of moves. And by show me, I mean, like came to my house, got in my kitchen and said, listen, bro, this is how you do a headstand on the table. And so once I started porn, I just took a lot of the things that I was doing as a stripper and moved it over to porn. And then some of it is now that I kind of get how how porn works and the angles, I just improvise and create new stuff. So when you rapid fire asked me about the favorite position question, I really wanted to say probably something I made up, but like the pressure was on me. What could I do? 
I love to perform with women that either A, have a boyfriend or B, have a husband. When you're doing your, your films, porn, not perform like sexually when you're per in personal life. You're talking about. Oh, either or. Oh, OK. Yes, because I'm really going to fuck you extra good. I swear to God. OK, I usually like working with people that have a partner. So like they don't try to fuck me. But you actually want to fuck those people that have a partner. Yes, because I got to let you know there's a difference between your partner and me. I love that. I love that. So then they'll always think of you. That's funny. Okay. So do you, do you, do you watch porn now since you do it? No, not really. Only twerk videos. Do you ever watch yourself? Only during the editing process. And sometimes when I, I drop a new film for like mainstream companies, if there's something particular, I want to see how it came out. I'll like watch that portion of it. But other than that, nah, not really. Have you ever gotten an STD? Yes, I've had chlamydia since I've been doing porn and I've had gonorrhea since I've been doing porn. Wait, but I thought I thought in the film industry, it's very safe where you constantly have to get tested and things like that, right? We get tested every 14 days. Wow. So if you was to show up to work and your test was 15 days old, you wouldn't be allowed to work. But the, the gap comes in that if you test on Monday, and you get a, your results back on Tuesday because we pay, well, most of us that live in L.A. and Vegas pay $190 every two weeks to get tested as well as COVID testing every 48 to 72 hours. If you test on Monday, get your results back on Tuesday, then you shoot with me on Saturday, your test from Monday is going to be good because it's only Saturday. But who knows what you did on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? Right. So it's kind of like an honor system amongst the porn people of, you know, don't go fucking off camera. You know, if you're going to see clients or whatever, use protection because you being smart keeps everybody safe. Right. Yeah. Plus, it's really hard to detect chlamydia in men. That also yeah. takes like much longer. So that part really sucks. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't think anything was wrong with me at all. Right. Yeah. You have to have like a some extra test sometimes like you sometimes they don't detect chlamydia in men. And then like you have to do some extra specific tests for chlamydia or something like that to detect it in a man. Something like that. I forgot. I don't know how I know this. But. I even went and retested because I'm like, nah, that's impossible. I looked at the symptoms. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with my dick at all. And I retested and they said, yeah, you got chlamydia. In the event that someone in porn tests positive for a treatable STD, if I was to want to shoot with you, right? I would send you my STD test and then you will be able to scan it from your phone to ensure that it's not a fake. And then we have to give the testing center permission to expose our test to everybody, basically. So if your shit is good, it's going to be green. So if you test positive, it's going to be red. Yeah. What's something you would never do in porn? What's something you would just refuse to do? And this is not to, um, you know, offend anybody that's into these things. You know, I don't really care what anyone else does. Just me personally, get my ass ate. Just not going to be one of those things that happen. Yeah. No, I feel you. Um, one of my exes w was like really into doing that stuff. And maybe he just did a really bad job. And he was like, can I just do it? And I was like, okay, fine. And I, he, I showered and then he was doing it. And I was just like so bored. And I'm like, okay, are you almost done? And it wasn't for me. And so then I've also never done it. But I don't understand why people love it so much. But maybe also he just sucked. I think he was doing something wrong. 
Oh, you're right. Maybe he was. He he sucked in everything. So mm-hmm. right. tell him eighteen easy payments at nineteen ninety nine. If he calls in right now, I'm willing to give him some lessons. Okay, I'm sure a lot of people want to take lessons from you. Actually, also the next thirty seconds, I even let him hit the blunt. <laughs> okay, I don't even like. I don't even have that guy's number anymore. So we'll have to figure it out. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Do you have any tips for a good threesome or a gangbang? Have you ever done a gangbang? Yes. I guess. Okay. Let's start with the threesome because that's, I feel like more people do that more often. So here's where it gets complicated with, with guys when we have threesomes, right? You lock eyes. And then it's like, I don't know. It's it's almost like when you're doing the blowjob portion, right? It's like I'm trying to keep my mind. Damn, don't let her suck my dick longer than I let her suck my dick. Or she's going to think that she's doing a better job. Then she's going to get all in her feelings. There's a girl named Kalan. She brought this up. And she, um, shout out to Kalan. She's a phenomenal performer. That when she does threesomes, she it either has to be about her and someone else pleasing one person or those two people pleasing her. So in normal, I think a good tip is to try to be dispersing of the pleasure. And by pleasure, I don't always mean just sexual. I mean, because if a girl brings a threesome to a guy, like, hey, look, let's just say it's your birthday. I'm about to give you a threesome. One of my homegirls says she's down for it. When you disperse the pleasure, you can either disperse it sexually, meaning make sure that you're pleasing her as much as you're pleasing her homegirl, or you can make sure that you're allowing the threesome to be seeming like it's pleasing you because that's going to please her because she wanted you to have a good time. Okay. So it's important probably to discuss like what you want all, like all three of you before you start. So you kind of have an idea. Cause let's say if I'm having a threesome, I didn't want my guy to fuck my friend. Then he starts fucking her. I didn't tell him I didn't want that. Because we're all grown. People forget to talk sexually. Right. People you know, oh, I've been fucking this long. I know what I'm doing. And that's why I feel like a lot of people don't reach their sexual potential in their relationships amongst their partners because they're taking what's worked for them their whole lives. And then he's taking what's worked for him his whole life and just hoping that it's going to work together. Yeah. Once I'm you know, a little bit more communication would have changed your whole situation. I 100% agree. I, I 100% agree. With OnlyFans taking over, and actually that's how you and I 
quote unquote met like virtually is because I was listening to you on Clubhouse and I really liked how outspoken you were and how well spoken you were and just like you're opinionated and all that. And that's when I asked you to do this interview. And I think the the Clubhouse room was about uh, the porn industry and OnlyFans, right? That's what it was about. Um, so with OnlyFans uh, taking over, do you feel like it was a, it's a positive thing for independent creators as they can now completely control the direction of their content? Or do you feel like there's also negative things to OnlyFans? I feel like there's a stigma behind OnlyFans of get rich quick. You know, people see these girls that make all of this money on OnlyFans, but they don't see the thousands and thousands and thousands of creators that make shit money on OnlyFans. It's not a, a get rich quick. It's like a if you know how to hustle, market, your content don't really got to be that fire. OnlyFans success is really about the market. If you can market yourself, then you can have success on OnlyFans. Now, what people that aren't really into the adult world um, that know that, you know, they have porn on OnlyFans, the loop that they're missing is right now, OnlyFans is really feeling like it's trying to push us off of the platform. You know, there's a lot of rule changes that we get notified about that the people that don't, you know, use the platform like we do get notified about. Even today, you know, as of April 1st, it was one of the most significant amount of rule changes they've had as it pertains to adult content creators on their site. And me personally, I often feel like when sites are trying to get populated, they use sex workers to generate traffic to their sites. And then once it's populated enough for what society deems mainstream appropriate stars to uh, come onto the site, they'll allow them to take the site and then push us off because what we do is too explicit. So it's just one of the things that, you know, we talk about frequently and try to find ways to combat. But ultimately, we understand that most of the places where people can have long-term success is going to be temporary success for us. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's so, you're so right. Because OnlyFans is trying to get rid of their quote-unquote stigma that it's more porn or adult industry. And it does suck because it got popular on the backs of the adult industry. That is really unfair when a platform like doesn't appreciate its original creators. Do you feel like it's like influencers fault? Because ever since the pandemic, influencers got on OnlyFans and they kind of ruined it a little bit for the adult industry people. You have to be smart about any type of thing that you got going on, whether it's illegal or whether it's legal. So I've always tried to keep some of the mentalities I've had from, you know, my past life when I was out in the streets. And bring it over to the life that, you know, that I'm trying to live as a legal, productive citizen. And when you look at the amount of money that I see people generating on OnlyFans and the way that they're doing it, it's only a matter of time. And then you have to keep in mind that OnlyFans isn't my business. And if it was my business, I would do exactly what they're doing because it makes the most business sense. Right. You know, OnlyFans isn't our friends. They don't care if it's fair. And I mean, I don't blame them for not because I know how business works. Is it unfortunate for us and, you know, people that are just kind of getting it figured out and people that have been figured out? Of course. And, you know, I'm not wishing it to be like that, but I understand how business works, especially when it comes to people in my industry. 
But that's really good. I mean, it sounds like you're a realist, which I think is what is going to continue making you successful more and more because you, you understand things and you're like, OK, what's the next step? And I'm like that, too. I've, that's my that's like in my immigrant mentality. And that's good that you have that mentality versus sitting there and being like, oh, OnlyFans sucks. Let's complain about it. So honestly, that's a great mindset. Complain about Instagram usually because I see girls that go oh my God, I can't believe Instagram deleted me. And then their very next post when they make a page, they half naked on a site that doesn't want people half naked. The only reason the last time they deleted my Instagram irritated me because they deleted my page for being a fake page. And they still have fake pages of me on Instagram, but took the real me off of Instagram. You can verify yourself like now they make it easy, I think, just in the settings. But you just need to show like five articles about you or that you're on the Internet. And that's how they verify you to show that it's the real you. OK, get me right. Teach me something. I, I forget that because I do social media, I know it so well. And I forget that other people, it's not like common sense to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. What is currently your favorite platform to be on? My most profitable platform is OnlyFans. So I would definitely say um, OnlyFans. How can people find you in OnlyFans? Um, I have two pages. I have a free page, which is OnlyFans.com slash free pressure. And basically all of my videos on there, you purchase. They're cheap, probably like three, five dollars a video. Then I have another page that has a subscription price and all of my videos on there are free. So once you pay the subscription price, you don't have to purchase videos. And that page is OnlyFans.com slash We Want Pressure. Oh, I love that. Okay, We Want Pressure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure to put that in my uh, description of this episode so you guys can check out both of his OnlyFans sites. What would you say the best lesson uh, you feel like you've learned doing what you do and something you wish someone would have told you when you first started in the adult industry? I think the best lesson I learned was um, probably to take good advice no matter where it comes from. A lot of the things I'm doing now that I'm having success in independently, my ex told me about a long time ago. And I think it's because of, you know, we was kind of in a rugged spot. I wasn't allowing that advice to like soak in. And now that I'm doing some of these things, and making a lot more money, I'm like, I could have been doing this then. Right. And that made a lot of situations. Um, so I would say definitely um, take it, take good advice despite where it comes from. Still a very arrogant individual. Um, I hate when people tell me I'm humble because I'm really not. My arrogance just doesn't have anything to do with somebody else. I don't have to go, oh, those guys not popping. I'm popping. I'm like, oh, I don't care if they're popping or not. When I walk in the room, there's somebody else popping that just came in the room. But so I was so like not really wanting to work with other guys, you know what I mean? Or like help other guys. And now I've been doing the best I can to kind of try to like show the guys that I know don't know some of the things. Some of these things I know can make them more money eventually, because once they start making more money, they can then help me make more money. And my agent did tell me this. he did try to tell me a little bit, but I was like, too closely removed from the streets. You know what I mean? Like, nah, I ain't, I ain't fucking with them. Yeah. 
No, a lot of people are like that. When I first started my platform, I never collaborated with anyone. Even my friends, like they would collab with each other. They were known as Viners and they did all this stuff. And I wouldn't want to be in their videos. And I also didn't care. Like I was like, I'm going to figure out how to do things on my own. Like I'm a lone wolf. And it took me years to be like, there's nothing wrong with like collaborating like you should and like you know everyone can also have a seat at this table and everyone should be winning together because it can also benefit each other and now whenever anyone asks me to connect someone with someone or whatever I'm always like yeah for sure like even if it doesn't benefit me because I know that the universe will send something else positive my way for being a nice positive person you know oh and can I add in one more lesson buy promo oh my fucking god so this was something that I was so anti against. I'm like, I'm pressured. I'm the hottest motherfucker in the world. I'm not paying nobody to promote me. Who are they talking to? Um, and then I started this room on Clubhouse. And um, single-handedly, two people showed me how to make like the extra $20,000 a month, um, which was Caprice G. Shout out to Caprice. And Scotty got fans. Shout out to Scotty. They came into my clubhouse room. And so Caprice is telling me that I'm not going to put a financial business out there, but she's telling me she spent a large amount of money on promo, but to make a large amount of money at the end of the month. And when I heard her end of the month, I'm like, what she say? And then this guy, Scotty got fans comes into the clubhouse room and he tells me that he doesn't have a paid page. He only has a free page. And in my mind, I don't have a free page at the time. So I'm like, I'm not even trying to hear. And then I go to his Twitter page and he has 4,000 followers. And I'm like, why am I even listening to him? And then he tells me how much money he makes a month on his free page. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm not trying to listen to him. I'm just saying I can't hear him while y'all are talking. Can y'all stop talking so I can hear him? <laughs> They broke it down basically to every real business buys promo. McDonald's buys promo. Walmart buys promo. Nike buys promo. And I think I'm too good to do what they're doing. Why, why, why would that be the case? Yeah, that's where the ego comes in. That makes sense. It, that, that was the ego. And it's like, I remember calling my bro, I called my boy and I'm like, bro, I'm thinking about buying promo. This guy wants like $1,500 for this promo. You know, I don't even know if I should do it or not. He like, what bro, $1,500? He like, well, Walmart, think about it. Will Walmart cast the check? Do the radio stage think about it or do they cast the check? If you feel like it's going to benefit you, why are you talking to me about it? And I've been buying promo like a junkie ever since. Oh, okay. I love that. Okay. So two last things. One, what's a message you want to give to everyone that's currently listening? I guess if you watch this whole thing, I appreciate it. If you skim through, um, I still appreciate it. I, I say the deepest message I, I, I want to give is coming from somebody going through what I went through in the streets, going through prison and, um, you know, linking up with Prince. Whatever your situation is, you can change it even if you can't figure out how you can change it right now. Because I make really good money now. I take care of my family. I take care of my friends. And I'm doing so in a legal way that never crossed my mind. So just because something isn't on your mind right now doesn't mean you can't change your situation. 
You just got to limit the damages that you're doing in the meantime, between time. Because now, I mean, I'm financially doing very well. It's just certain damages that I put while I didn't know what I was going to do that I'm still trying to figure out a little bit. Yeah. So that's just my message. Just slow up and um, it's going to come together if you just keep it situated. I love that message. I feel like you're really positive. And I feel like, you know, like even listening to your story, knowing that you came from the streets or that you were involved in crime or that you went to jail. Like, I think when I listen to stories like that, it tells me, okay, that person could have turned away on the world like so many times and been like, you know, how to close off their heart to the world or continue to do bad things or just not care about people. So to see you to still like, you know, come up and to still be positive after all your experiences. Like I love listening to people like that because it just reminds me that nothing in my life is that bad and to continue to, you know, to be positive as well. So thank you for sharing your story. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Is there anything you feel like I didn't ask you? I kind of touched on it, but I just want to touch on it one more time. The most impactful person, you know, to my whole situation, really, you know, my ex, she was phenomenal. When we first moved out to Vegas, I really rode her coattail. I was broke as hell. She took care of everything. But it, the most impactful person has been Prince Yashua, my agent. He was already solidified in his career. And he makes peanuts when I shoot professionally. So for him to take somebody who probably was a couple decisions away from being back in a fucked up spot to, you know, oh. get much game and guidance as he has given me. Um, that man has literally saved my life. So there's no amount of anything I could ever do to repay that. When I go home now, when I send money to my mother now, that's because he put me in a good position. And, you know, for that, I just always want to say I appreciate it. Oh, that's really sweet. That's good. Yeah, he sounds like a good man. And it sounds like you're really happy. So I'm happy for that. Okay, so uh, Fasher, where can people find you? You can find me on my newest Instagram, which is Try Pressure, T-R-Y-P-R-E-S-S-U-R-E. You can find me on Twitter for all of the good stuff. Uh, My Twitter is Pressure. T-H-E-E-N-T, and then the number one. So it should read pressure, the E-N-T, one. Onlyfans.com slash we want pressure. Onlyfans.com slash free pressure or just Google pressure the entertainment. Love that. Okay. Um, did you enjoy this interview? Oh, my God, I did. Awesome. Thank you. Of course. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, you guys, make sure to check out Pressure the Entertainer or just Pressure, Free Pressure or We Want Pressure on OnlyFans. I'm also going to leave the links in my description so you guys can check him out and uh, DM him if you have any questions. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.